So welcome everybody to this podcast today between Kantar and the Marketing Society, which is going to explore the power of creativity um, and brand communications to really drive breakthrough growth. Now, often businesses can separate how they plan media and how they plan their creative. But if you think about your target audience and your consumers, that's not how they consume it. They, they very much consume them both together. So together with both Rich and Lynn from Kantar, we're going to be asking and exploring some key questions about how can businesses make media and creative work much better together. So first of all, welcome, Richard. If you'd like to give a little bit of a brief introduction to yourself. Yeah, sure. Hi, Annabelle. Good afternoon. Great to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, so my name is Richard McLeod. I head up the UK media effectiveness team within Kantar Insights. Uh, very quick background to my career. So um, it's a career that's taken me across the world. I've had roles across both Southeast Asia uh, and also within the UK. Um, I guess you could also say it's taken me across the insights agency spectrum. So I, I've worked within startup boutique insights consultancies all the way through to uh, big multinationals like like Kantar. Um, the specialism of my team uh, within media effectiveness is really to help our clients to maximize their media effectiveness, all with a view towards fueling and accelerating their their brand growth. Um, and that's very much a passion of mine. We, we, we try to focus on helping our clients to navigate what we see as an increasingly complex communications landscape and really to maximize the brand returns they take from their media investments. Fantastic. And also welcome to you, Lynn. A quick introduction from yourself, please. Thanks, Annabelle. Hello, everyone listening. Uh, so I've got over 20 years experience of doing just what you've described, Annabelle. So helping um, brands and their creative agencies create more effective marketing. Um, got experience of working in lots of things like customer experience, innovation, but advertising has always been my mainstay and where my main passion lies. So um, I have the joy now of looking after our thought leadership at Kantar and building expertise with in the creative team. Um, and the job satisfaction really comes from helping clients uh, optimise the efficiency and the effectiveness of their communications to drive growth. Um, and I've got a personal passion to help inspire and equip others to do that better, um, but also to help leverage advertising as a, as a way to have a positive impact on society at the same time. Fantastic. So so if we start with you, Lynn, what, you know, one of these things with this series of podcasts is to give people some real good learnings or top tips that they can take away and, and usefully put back in their businesses or work with their agencies on. So what would you say are the really important things that people need to be focusing on with their communications to drive that growth that businesses are looking for? Um, I think the the first thing I would say is you need to start with a really clear understanding of what the problem is you're trying to solve. So what's the task at hand? Um, but then in addition to that, you know, thinking about what your brand is. So having that unambiguous intuitive definition of what makes your brand meaningfully different to others. Um, so that's really just an articulation of what your brand's all about. And that determines how it shows up. Now, Danny, you might be thinking, come on, then that's really obvious. Everybody says a, a great brief is like, you know, the the basic thing you've got to hand. But we see people struggling with it, Annabelle. You know, we see clients struggling with it, creative agencies. And when we ask for, brief, ask for briefs, uh, we don't always get uh, brilliant ones coming through. So 
Um, you know, we're not saying people need to get this right first time, but you've got to work hard at it and get it right. Um, and I think what's important is, yes, that's a great springboard to effectiveness, but it also then helps you make sure when you're evaluating your communications or if you're looking at ideas, you know what you're trying to achieve. So you can go back and, and have that framework of, okay, do I think this is going to deliver? Um, but then as someone who's uh, passionate about people and the power of human insight to earn attention, I think there'd be a third thing to mention, which would be that deep understanding of your target audience, because that's the fuel that can ignite, you know, creative ideas, great thoughts. And we know people pay attention to things that are meaningful to them, the things that resonate. So you need that on top. Those three ingredients are really where I would say you should start from. I completely support the sort of the power of a really, really good brief. And, and where I've worked before, I've always challenged the teams really hard that you need to spend the time, you need, need to give that thought to to the brief. And actually, in most cases, we try to, I try to challenge them to get it to one piece of paper, which is really hard. But I think it's really important because you're only going to get, you know, they say that the work you get is, there's a direct correlation to to the brief. Um have you got, have you got an example? You know, there's three points that you've just touched on. Have you got an example you think of of somebody who gets it right? Who's somebody who clearly has written a good brief, has challenged the agency, has really clearly summarised what that brand stands for and why it's different to competitors, and and who their target customer is and what and what difference they want the communication to do. Uh, yes, yeah, I think um, the the brand that comes to mind for me at the moment is Johnny Walker. Uh, so they won three of our Kantar Creative Effectiveness Awards this year. So that was one in each of our three categories and in different places in the world. Um, and I, I did an interview with um, them recently and with their creative agency. And they were so clear that, you know, they they worked hard on that brief. Um, they had those components that I mentioned. Um, and, and they had this cultural moment that they knew they could tap into. So the challenge was all about how do you keep Johnny Walker relevant to today? You know, how do you keep this idea that's been around for, for 20 years or, or more um, relevant to consumers? And as we were coming out of COVID, there was this moment where progression, this idea of momentum and energy, which Johnny Walker's all about, was was highly relevant. Um, so, yeah, I think they're... they're story of success it is really inspiring and one from that one from which people can definitely learn and I think it's really interesting you, you touched on it there which is that you know what is at the heart of that brand has not changed for a long time but where they have been really really clever is is re-articulating it based on what's going on you know so this this keep walking is not a new idea but the way they bring it to life evolves and they make it culturally relevant and they they you know they they're able to do that by working very closely with their agencies and and rich turning to you so say say you've developed this this you know infancy of a cracking idea with your creative agency you now need to think about then how and when your your target customers are going to see it you know, how do, how should clients and agencies really start thinking about those key connection points? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think one area that we have a very clear point of view around is this idea that brand impact rather than reach really has to become the currency of great communications planning once again. Um, so if you look back over the last decade, I think there has been a, a real shift in focus, a real orientation around this idea that, that reach actually is the primary goal when it comes to, to media planning. Um, it's very clear that's been heavily, heavily influenced by the work of Byron Sharp and his laws, laws of growth. 
Um, that work has really perpetuated this view that the primary role for media is to continually reach large audiences of, of like category buyers. And, and, and the idea behind that is it allows you to keep your brand salient in key purchasing moments, key purchasing occasions with, within the category. Um, and I think only the other week, Byron Sharp was speaking at the uh, LinkedIn B2B Summit where he, he reinforced this point of view um, and it sparked this debate uh, within the industry uh, again. So that has been incredibly influential. And I think we do see a lot of media strategy now is very, very focused around that objective. So, so how do we maximize reach for the brand uh, in the most cost-effective way? Now, at Kantar, we, we of course completely agree that reach is really important, of course we do. But I think it's really important to recognize that that alone doesn't guarantee success. Um, and I think in that sense, perhaps the reach narrative has maybe been taken a little bit too far or perhaps even been misinterpreted. Um, so Lynn just touched on earlier this idea of, of, of starting with a very clear definition of your brand's meaningful difference and, and using that as a starting point. I would echo that. And in, in the same spirit, I think great media plans, great comms plans, they should also start at the end. So you should start with a very clear idea of what is the brand outcome that you're trying to, to influence. You know, are, are you a small brand and you're trying to drive awareness? Are, are you trying to land a particular brand association? Um, maybe you're trying to make your brand more top of mind within a particular purchasing occasion, whatever it might be, but you need to have that very clear objective in mind and then you need to select your media accordingly to achieve those goals. Um, and what we see consistently across the campaigns that we measure is that um, different media channels and in particular different combinations of media channels, that they are suited to delivering different brand outcomes and different uh, brand goals. So Mark Ritson articulates this quite nicely. He calls, he calls it the art of media neutrality. Um, and I think that's an art that maybe has been lost a little bit in our, in our industry. So as I say, Kantar, of course, understands that reach is important, but it, but it is just a foundation. I think what's really important is how do you use that foundation to capture the consumer attention uh, and ultimately um, influence those brand outcomes that you're trying to, to, to influence. It was interesting there that you talked about, you know, being really clear on that that one thing that you're trying to change. You know, so so when you're when you're doing communication, it's often very difficult to try and, you know, if you often see briefs that say, right, I need to increase awareness and drive consideration and do sales. And but the, this is about being quite single minded. And it's probably the same with your communication that, you know, you've got to try and convey one at most, maybe two messages, but you can't put everything in. You know, you need to be very clear with your agencies. So when you, when you, are there any other top tips on media, media selection? You know, I know you just spoke about media neutrality, but is, is there, you know, one thing that we should all be doing? Um, or, is, or is it a little bit more complicated than that? Uh, we do get asked this quite a lot. And, and sadly, um, the answer is it is, is complicated. It depends. Uh, there's no silver bullet, if you like. Um, as I say, it's, it's these different combinations of media channels working together in synergy. They are suited towards different brand goals, different brand outcomes. It comes back to this idea of, of media neutrality. Um, so, so one example I often draw on when talking about this idea is the example of cinema as a, as a media channel. Um, so cinema, obviously, it lacks the potential reach, audience reach that some other media channels in the marketing mix um, can potentially deliver. But at the same time, cinema can deliver absolutely incredible ROI, particularly when it's framed around, around certain brand objectives. So, so, for example, 
if you are trying to drive forward to the meaningful difference for your brand, or if you're trying to compel consumers to use or choose your brand more often, cinema actually can play a fantastic role in driving those, those KPIs. So it, it might not be the best choice if you're looking to extend the reach of your campaign, but it can absolutely play a key role if it's framed around a very clear understanding of, of your objectives. Um, and I guess the other way to think about it is, yes, cinema does have this very clear audience reach cap, if you like, that maybe other media channels might not have. But across most of the brands that we work with, they get nowhere near reaching that that reach cap, if you like. Um, and certainly when there are certain objectives in mind, I think cinema is a, a vastly underinvested in media channel uh, because of that. Um, so ultimately, yes, unfortunately, there is no one size fits all solution. Um, I think what we see across the, the wealth of touchpoint planning studies that, that we do here at Kantar is that the, the, the relative influence that different media channels can have on different brand KPIs it is influenced by such a vast range of factors. You know, it really depends who is the target audience that you're trying to engage with, what's your brand status or brand life stage, what's the nature of the market or the category that you're operating in. Um, and as I touched on, you know, what are one of the specific objectives for, that, for this campaign? And I, I think all of those factors really should be heavily reflected in those strategic media choices that you make for each campaign. Yeah. And, and you spoke there a sort of about there's two things that are different that was so one is about ROI, which obviously everybody's measures can measure in very different ways. But it or it, it tends to be the focus of the conversations around the board table in terms of, you know, being more effective with your campaigns. And and then you spoke about the sort of layering of, of different channels can improve the effectiveness. So with all of that, you need data. Probably you need you need a wealth of data to inform the effectiveness and how you how you can make your campaigns work better for you. What are you doing at Kantar? I mean, assuming you're being you're being challenged by some of your clients all the time to say, how can we do this better? How can we get more money uh, for the for our marketing investment? Yeah, absolutely. And we have invested quite a lot in the last couple of years to leverage this this huge wealth of data that, that we have, this database of, of campaigns that we've measured, and try to look at it in a slightly different way, just to try and pinpoint and refine some of those learnings that we can give to, to our clients. Um, an example of that is a partnership that we've struck up with Oxford University's Said Business School uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, and as part of that partnership, um, last year, we provided them with our campaign evaluation database. So this is a huge set of data. It, it contains uh, more than a thousand different campaigns. I think it's across more than 500 brands um, covering more than 20 different categories. And I, I think just over 50 countries as well. And those countries are quite nicely represented around different regions around the world. So a huge um, data set, a big database of campaign measurement findings. Um, and the side business school took that and, and applied some of their modeling techniques to that data to really try and unlock some of the ingredients, if you like, of the most successful campaigns. Um, and the findings were really quite eye-opening. So first of all, they found that, in fact, the vast majority of campaigns, they could be significantly more effective in terms of driving brand goals, brand outcomes, if that media investment had been reallocated in a, in a different way. Um, and actually, the, the kind of key figure they found was that on average, the average campaign could be 2.6 times, so, so nearly three times more effective in terms of driving brand KPIs if that media had been reinvested in, in a different way. So 
that's a, that's a huge number, three times. That means that there's a lot of, lot of money being left on the table with most comms plans that, that are out there. Um, and just on personal experience, we work with lots of, of brands to try and help them plan in a slightly different way. Uh, and very, very often there is an opportunity for brands to be a little bit bolder with the way that they plan their, their touch points in their media. Uh, and by that, I mean, there is a big opportunity for lots of brands to maybe do fewer things, but to execute those things um, excellently. So across lots of the touchpoint studies that we, we run, there is a, a general rule of thumb, if you like, that it is the minority of touchpoints that deliver the majority of brand impact. Um, and this is kind of a universal rule that we see across most markets, most categories that we, we operate in. That on average, it's the it's twenty percent of touch points that deliver eighty percent of the of the brand impact. So again, this is a huge opportunity for for brands. This means that if brands can first of all identify what that twenty percent is, there's a real opportunity there to kind of scale back your investment in those least impactful touch points, reinvest that money, that time, that energy into those touch points that really do deliver the majority of impact for your brand. I mean, I'm quite staggered at those stats in terms of what you said, in terms of improvement in terms of media return. I knew, I'd assumed it we could, but that is uh, that's a significant uplift. So, Lynn, sort of going back to you, I'm assuming that yes, there are ways if you're smarter with how you plan and allocate your media spend, you can improve effectiveness. And I'm assuming similar for creative as well. Absolutely, Annabelle. Um, I mean, the the opportunities are enormous. Um, and when we do analysis to look at what drives the profitability of our advertising, then the quality of your creative comes through as the second most important factor. But it's really interesting that actually marketers don't appreciate that importance. So they underestimate how important creative quality is. You know, they, they wouldn't rank it second. I think they rank it much lower down the list. Um, and what we see from Brand Z is that Great advertising is a driver of success, so it's, it's that driver of breakthrough growth. And if you look at brands that are meaningfully different, so brands that have got power and potential to grow, the ones that achieve the greatest growth are those that people perceive to have great advertising. Um, so those brands grew by, I think on average it was 60%, they increased their value on average. Um, but you know, it's interesting that you know, not that many marketers or fewer than you might expect would invest money in checking the quality of their creative first. Uh, and, and in the past, I think, you know, speed and time and cost and things were a barrier. But, you know, nowadays you can research an ad using an AI machine powered tool like Linkair. You get results in 15 minutes. And if you want consumer feedback, you can get that in 24 hours. So it makes sense to get that. And I think especially at a time nowadays when, as you say, budgets are coming under pressure and you need to make sure you get that bang from your book. You've got to make sure you're putting money behind good quality creative. Um, it's a bit like an amplifier, you know, how loud are you shouting? Um, if you're spending behind um, an average ad, obviously you're shouting at an average with an average volume. But if you've got great creative, it amplifies that investment. It makes it work so much harder for you. But if you're investing behind poor quality advertising, I think you might as well give your money to, money to charity. <laughs> no, I, and I get your point about, you know, long gone are the days when I started out in marketing where to do a, you know, a full test would be, I don't know, probably three months or four months. Um, you know, I know things have evolved very rapidly and you can, as you said, you can get an, you quick, not quite quick and dirty, but good feedback in a very, very short space of time now. 
So you must have, you know, banks of data on what makes a, an absolutely great ad for driving growth. Any, any any top tips for listeners today? What what should they be doing? What should that creative look like? Um, well, I think we could dedicate a whole podcast to this, Elabelle, or maybe a series, but I think there's definitely some common things that we see. So, um, of course, your advertising's got to earn attention because if you don't get there, then um, you haven't got an opportunity to influence what people think and feel. So we need to think about what the human brain pays attention to. So the things that we all notice um, are things that are personally relevant or meaningful to us, you know, stories or values that take us on emotional journeys and things that are distinctive and entertaining. Um, so being really distinctive, you know, if you think about Johnny Walker that I mentioned earlier, they do that brilliantly. Being distinctive really matters because it helps your creative stand out. And I think if you think of any form of communication, I think of the brilliant teachers that you had, they were great communicators. Um because they would have they would have stood out, they would have been different, but they would also have conveyed things in an intuitive way, a way that's really easy to understand. And they would have made it interesting and engaging and memorable. Um, and if you conform to that category norm of what your category typically does, then it's just, it becomes boring. It becomes, um, you, you don't stand out, you don't earn that attention. Um, but then I think, Yes, okay, we want to entertain, we want to grab attention, but we've got to remember this is advertising, not entertainment. And I would say make it unapologetically branded. Um, I get so frustrated when I see ads where the brand's just shoehorned into the end and it doesn't have that centric role. And, and maybe people listening to this would be surprised to hear that actually that frustrates people watching ads. You know, if they can't easily know which brand an ad is for, they'll say, oh, I didn't like that. I didn't have a clue what it was for. They get frustrated about it. Um, so, yeah, don't be apologetic that the brand is there. Of course, you've got distinctive assets to help you do that. But there are other ways to do that. And then, you know, if we go back to where we started from thinking about that brief, of course, you've got to make sure it, it delivers against what you want it to do. Uh, and that the essence of your brand shines through in a really authentic way. And for, for lots of people, a lot of information, there's a lot of information and research out there about what makes advertising great. And there's lots of knowledge around the use of music and the use of sort of characters. And as you said, being bold and brave. Um, and also that initial research that you can do will help with things like brand recall in an ad. You know, coming from coming from financial services, you, you couldn't just stick a big pack shop in there like we could at Coke. We had to work a lot harder to get people to really understand and recall that who it was for. And the, and the other thing that you often see debated is this sort of the impact of advertising and how much you should be spending on, you know, brand building versus acquisition and have we become too short-term focused? What What's your view on that? Yeah, I think great question. Um I think, you know, this assumption that you're only doing one or the other is a bit of a misnomer. So if we look at the best ads that we research, they can deliver against both. Um, and I think if you look at econometric research, you would see that actually most ads don't pay back in the short term alone. You need that long term effect as well. So um, we talked earlier about the importance of being distinctive, but actually I think the secret is uh, consistency. Um, and it may seem, you know, that's a kind of an ironic contrast or how, you know, how does that make sense Lynn because you're telling me to be distinctive but I've also got to be consistent but if you think about 
um, Johnny Walker, you know, you said that's a brand that's been around for a long time, that ideas that has been around for a long time. Um, so consistency is important. I mean, to visualise that for people, you could think about a stalactite hanging from a cave. Because um, what advertising is doing is it's building those memories, uh, all of those associations, those thoughts, those feelings that are a brand, that's all a brand is. So to build a consistent set of associations and for your brand to have a clear personality, a clear meaning, a sense of difference, you've got to build that clarity. So that repetition, that drip, drip, drip in the same place in the cave builds that clarity. Or, you know, if you're walking through grass, you've got to tread the same path every day and eventually the path becomes clear. Um, so setting out to do that, knowing what your brand is about and building that into the brief, not just the task at hand, I think is is a key to success to do both things. So, Rich, have you got anything to sort of add with from a media perspective in terms of what we should all be doing to sort of consistently deliver that breakthrough growth we're all looking for? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Linus talked about this idea of consistency over time, consistency from campaign to campaign, which is, is so important. I'd absolutely echo that. We also see that it's really important to be consistent within a campaign. So consistent in the content that you deploy from touch point to touch point within a campaign. But I guess what complicates things alongside that is we also have to recognise the crucial importance of context. So when we are delivering a, a multimedia campaign, we have to get that balance right. So that balance between the need for consistency across touch points with that need for context specific customization. Um, and what we know is that specific context, specific advertising environments, they actually can make a huge difference to how consumers respond, how likely they are to pay attention, uh, how they interpret the message. Um, so context is, is absolutely critical. Um, I've got a kind of quick story that serves as quite a nice analogy, I think, to the importance of context and how it shapes the way that we react to, to content. Um, so I read a story that the other day on, on LinkedIn about a violinist, a classical violinist called Joshua Bell, who is uh, in the US. Um, so he's one of the best musicians in the world. He you know, sells out theatres around the world. Uh, apparently tickets for his concerts go for about $100 um, a seat. And they conducted a, a little experiment with him where he, he turned up unannounced and played in the Washington subway um, for about 45 minutes. And apparently this performance kind of went largely unnoticed. I think most people just walked on by. I think maybe a few people stood and watched and he made about $30 worth of, of tips. But essentially, most people didn't really realise that this is one of the best musicians in the world and the level of skill on show was, was incredible. Um, and I think it just it's a nice reminder, right, that just having the best content alone, it's not always enough. You need to make sure that content is placed in the right context and also that, that content is tailored so that it has the best chance of succeeding in whatever context it's being um, experienced um, and our studies at Kansar they really do bear, bear this out so so the most successful campaigns we find they get that balance right between having well integrated content so by that I mean content that is recognizably part of the same campaign but at the same time it's customized so it's appropriate to the platform or the, the format that it's appearing in um, and when brands get that combination right, what we see is that the brand impact is is just under sixty percent more effective than than the average campaign. So, so it's hugely important. Um, I think it's really clear that just simply reusing or repurposing content across different advertising formats it, it doesn't really work. Um, 
And I think the issue we have in the industry is that lots of marketers actually don't feel particularly confident about their ability or the effectiveness with which they are tailoring content to different contexts. Um, so we ran a study with marketeers a couple of years ago, and we found that 49% of marketers actually don't feel very confident about how effectively they are tailoring content to their different advertising contexts. Um, and I think that's why testing is, is so important. So testing gives that feedback on what's going to work where and, and also how you can optimise content so that it succeeds within those different contexts. So clearly a lot of opportunity then for marketeers, both from a media and creative point of view, to really improve the effectiveness of what they're doing. So I think we sort of are wrapping up shortly. So before we finish, Lynn, sort of back to you, your three top tips, what would you be telling all of us marketeers that we need to be focused on? So start with a really good understanding of exactly what the problem is. But don't forget, you also need to make it clear what your brand's all about. So what makes it meaningfully different to others? And that deep understanding of communications alongside that is so important to help spark ideas that resonate with people and make meaningful connections. So I think that would be the first one. And then you know, I think Rich touched on thinking about media selection really carefully and not just about reach. So reach isn't an outcome. Remember the art of you know that media neutrality and make informed data-driven decisions about where you want to play, where you want to appear. Um, because you know where you engage with consumers is part of the message um, but it's not just driven, of course, by what you say and where you say it. It's how you bring it to life that has a big impact. Um, and then you won't be surprised to hear me me say, I don't think kind of about that. I think that the third thing would be make sure that you're investing behind communications you know are going to work. You know, they need to be efficient. They need to be effective. And I'm not saying don't use your intuition don't use your gut feel of course that's really important but you're not the audience and you know we have this effect called knowledge bias which means we, we can't see the wood for the trees anymore so uh, spend your money wisely and rich any last thoughts yeah just to you know say i completely agree with lynn's summary there again i think i would just really reinforce this idea that we want marketers to adopt this more holistic approach to comms planning um, I think what comes with that is a real recognition that content and context, they are inextricably linked. Um, and that means that we need this really clear strategy for how our content is going to be responded to across different um, environments. Um, and then just to echo Lynn's final point there, that what we see time and time again is that the brands that do this best, they, they test and learn. Um, so they, they build their organisational knowledge around how to deliver these holistic campaigns that ultimately build meaningfully different brands. Fantastic. So big thank you to Lynn and Rich. It's been a really great talking to you. Uh, and clearly there are opportunities for everybody to really use that sort of creativity and how they take, how they think about media communication to really drive growth for their businesses. So thank you very much to the two of you and for everybody who's listening to this podcast. Thank you.